All right. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome <clears throat> to the WBRX Wake Up Call. It's um, you know Monday mornings are always a great time for us to get together, huddle up, and just kind of chat and spend some time, you know, with the leaders in our organization. And um, you know, I've, I've had some very good response and good comments from many of the people that have started, you know, tuning in and and uh, you know, I turned the entry notice off as you might, you know, be aware as we kind of start recording these calls. So we do have people that kind of chime in as they're able to, some a little bit later than others, and, and that's all fine. I mean, we're, we're just uh, excited about the opportunity to be able to get together here on the phone and share valuable information, you know, go through some stuff that we hope is meaningful and valuable, you know, that, that you know, you guys can take as need be and apply to, you know, what you're trying to accomplish, you know, in your business. <clears throat> we go through different, you know, different bits of information. We, we try to cover as much as we can within a short period of time for us, it's a short period. You know, if you, if you get Sean or I talking only for 30 minutes, that's short for us. So, um, you know, I say that kind of in a kiddingly way, but it's true, <clears throat> but you know, we, we've got a lot of great things going on in our company right now. And, you know, I've had a chance to, you know, what I, what I did this past, this is a working weekend for me. And, and I just kind of spent some time, you know, looking at all of the, uh, you know, all the people within the organization, that are active in, and involved in some way, form, or fashion, either buying product or, uh, you know, just involved in the business. And I think, you know, I, I would just tell you guys, as you're building your organization, you start getting some growth, that's always wise to do, you know, just to kind of map out your group, you know, look at the people who you have frontline, make these big circles, and then below them, you know, you just have the people in that same line that you're spending time in working with, Right. And, and that's kind of what leaders in the uh, in, in, in your building your business do. They don't just work with the people who they personally sponsored, but they work with people genealogically down in their organization, you know, who who are also involved because everybody needs support, everybody needs help, and everybody needs to you know be plugged in as much as they possibly can. And I think for for the majority of us, you know, the the biggest and you know best value that we have for these calls is that you're just staying plugged in you're more aware of things that are going to be taking place uh you know things that we talk about things before they ever hit a uh, you know newsletter or an email so you know we kind of give you some preemptive ideas for example in the last uh call we did on saturday we started talking about our next uh event you know our, our next dinner that we're going to be having here in houston i think that what we've really decided as far as a date and we're going to get it inked in terms of, you know, confirmation and location and what have you that the 5th of August is probably going to be a, a very good time that first week of August for us to get together and, and really offer yet another opportunity for people to, you know, hear uh, about WBRX to see our presentation, to get into an environment where we have people that are, you know, offering and sharing information. We have some new people, involved in the business that we want to really uh, place a high emphasis and focus on because the the new growth or the new blood is always what really is important in terms of building your business and we do have some good new growth that we've experienced you know over the month of july and as we kind of end the month of july you know today is the 26th uh you know and then obviously we have the remaining portion of this week to close out the month and and those of you that have had you know, people that you're spending time with, that you've been, you know, 
sharing the information with, maybe you've had customers that have expressed interest, whatever the case may be, if there's been activity and you're looking to try to convert that activity into some sort of, um, you know, either as a customer or brand partner, now is the time to start laying the groundwork and putting your focus and your energy in that effort. Example, we just came back from Belton and within Belton, there was, you know, there was a lot of interest. Now, I know that oftentimes we kind of designate a time that may be a couple weeks out. Maybe that's just the way it goes because of scheduling and time and summer. But I've always been a big believer, you know, in trying to, you know, secure uh, whoever it is that wants to get started now versus later because the, the value of closing out the month with, with getting somebody started is you have something to work with in terms of new people in your business in the month of August. And you can help them actually set their goals of what they would like to accomplish. Example, let's say for, let's say I, I had someone that, you know, was, you know, if I was a brand partner and they were a guest at the Belton meeting, I would be letting them know, hey, listen, there is a value to getting yourself effective as a manager above. And we don't really talk about this enough when we present the opportunity, but you don't generate any residual income on people that are, uh, you know, not yet a manager above. So the, the value or one of the specific techniques that we can use to close out the month is simply this. Listen, let's get you in the business so that you're effective on the new people that you'd be bringing into the business. Because if we don't do that, it then becomes all part of my personal group volume. So if I were talking with somebody, I'd want them to know, listen, you know, when you get involved in the business, now is the opportunity to get effective at what, whatever rank it is. It doesn't matter if it's a manager. It doesn't matter if it's an executive director, regional director, NMD, or PPC. Let's just get you effective so that next month when we go out to, you know, start building the business, you have an opportunity to start generating revenue on that, on that volume. Now, we have an immediate income component that takes place when someone becomes a director. So there is value director, but let's say that I, you know, I want to go out and I have, I'm a manager. As an example, let's say that this week, uh, Sarah brings me on, I become a manager. Well, now next month, I can start developing my own personal group bond to do two things, to advance to a higher rank in the comp plan, okay, and also to position myself to start earning immediate income. Now, if I wait until after the first of the month, okay, it, it, it's all well and good. It just means that I'm just part of Sarah's personal group volume and everybody in my business is part of her personal group volume. If I advance to manager on August the 3rd, as an example, we close out the month on the 31st. <clears throat> that just means that now everything that goes on in my organization is part of her personal group volume. Now, that's great for Sarah and Sarah may say, well, I can certainly help you advance in rank and, and that's a great immediate income opportunity for me. But I always like to let people know in advance of the close of the month. You see, you have to have these dynamics kind of laid out in your understanding of the comp plan. I was talking with Olga. It's kind of funny because Olga is really now starting to learn the comp plan. Well, the reason she's learning the comp plan in the detail that she is is she's earning in the comp plan. And, and if all you're doing is – it's nothing wrong with it. I mean, I, I'm a big believer in retail profits. I'm a big believer in – getting customers, but if you're not actively uh, involved necessarily as of yet, or, or, or maybe you have been and it's been a while, in actually building a new team or developing new network growth, 
then you don't know these uh, small idiosyncrasies of the comp plan like effective and qualifying and who earns immediate income and who doesn't. So it's all designed within the comp plan in such a way so that it creates the right behavior, right? So, so that's, that's, that's just a, some little nuggets that you should be paying attention to as we move into, you know, what we refer to as the red zone. You know, when, when we, um, you know, when I used to do some consulting, I would try to get people to break up anybody that works on a calendar month to break up the month and have the first part of the, uh, you know, the first part of the month is what is what we refer to as the white zone. That's where we're creating as much activity, maybe through a brand new person, maybe you personally. And then that's the first 10 days. So I would always mark in the calendar when we were doing, um, you know, we were doing some teaching and some training. Here's your white zone. This is dedicated to going out and creating as much activity as possible. And then you move into that second uh, phase, which is the second 10 days of the month, and that's your blue zone. So the white zone is designed to create as much activity as possible, getting as many people sample as you possibly can, having as many phone conversations, as many talks. And then that blue zone is more of a dedicated time where you can move them into uh, a Zoom call, where you can have them come to a presentation. You know, so, so it's all designed so that you know, now they've seen the, that you've got the activity for those that are in the business, and now you have an opportunity to move that activity into a designated place to see the business because it takes a minute, right? We know the moment that you talk from the distance from the time that you've spoken to somebody and given them a sample, it may take a little bit of time before they actually see the business. So you have that by design, right, in your monthly calendar. So in your monthly calendar, you can move the activity that you have in week one into that, in those first 10 days, into that second 10 days, which is the blue zone, and then now you've got activity, you've got people that have seen the business, and now you move to that last 10-day period of time where you move them into the red zone. Now, do you necessarily have to follow that pattern in its exact form? Absolutely not. I mean, you can have somebody that sees the business today, uh, brings someone to a Zoom call tomorrow, and both get started. I, I don't, we're not here to slow anything down, but at least you should have a designated pattern of, where, of what you're trying to accomplish so that you can duplicate that pattern, you know, within your organization. So right now, if you kind of think about what we're talking about, you can just say, okay, we've got the red zone. You know, now what's this week for? Well, this week should be designated and focused. Your, your primary everything, people tend to work much more effectively when they work on a singular focus, right? That's also, you know, a, a very important chapter to read in Think and Grow Rich. Singular focus is a difference maker in terms of what, what you can accomplish if you can operate in a singular focus. So that doesn't mean that you, there's not multitasking involved in life. We understand that. But I will tell you that if you have something that is of singular focus in your mind and it's part of the ritual of the things that you read in your goals and the things that you have written down, you'll find that your mind will go out and find a way to make those things happen. It's a choice. Now, not everybody that I know uh, reads everything. They, they don't necessarily read their goals on a daily basis. I'm a big believer in doing that. I know that that's what's worked for me in the past. You know, the, my, my singular focus on a big, on a, on a not necessarily five-year goal, but let's just call it a one-year goal, is to really be able to develop the organization to the point where we have a million dollars of organizational volume that takes place within a 30-day period of time. Well, the only way that that can be orchestrated 
an architect it is if you have a singular focus of making it happen. And then I have all the people that are frontline to the company mapped out. And then I've got the people that are below them and I've got their information. And I, and I know, you know, who we're trying to work with to drive as much organizational volume as possible. And I also know that there are people that have incentives and ideas of what they can accomplish. So I try to work with the people to the extent that they're working with us. Not everybody's working with us on a daily basis. We've got great people in the organization. You guys have seen them over time. I'll just take a gentleman by the name of Chance Mock. Chance was a, a football player at University of Texas. Well, Chance is down there on my list, and now we're looking at an opportunity to drive organizational volume, okay, in the market of Florida. Where we've got some folks that have good supply of what we're trying to accomplish out there. We've got a whole group of pain docs. And so when I was reviewing my notes of Chance Mock, Chance happened to have a gentleman that was hot and heavy back in the Florida market in the pain management space. And so immediately I diverted my attention to that. And now we've got an opportunity to have a conversation with a gentleman who calls on these pain management docs on a consistent basis. Because one thing is one thing to have supply. That's another thing you have to have somebody to sell the supply to. So I spend my time looking and focusing and architecting these things because my job is business development. It's not sitting back with my thumb up my rear, excuse the, the expression, I'm just kidding, and just hoping for something to evolve in the organization. That is not my responsibility. My responsibility is to look for ways to architect business development and growth because it's not going to just happen on its own. If it happens on its own organically, wonderful. I'm so excited. I'm always excited about the organic growth that we're experiencing as a company. But I feel like it's my responsibility to become a part of developing that business as, as, in my role within the company based upon what I'm supposed to be doing. That's what I'm doing. So if you take on that responsibility yourself and you say, okay, what's my responsibility? Am I in a position today where I should be at least responsible? What's my at least list? Shouldn't I be responsible for creating, developing, architecting, doing something that creates something rather than just picking from what's out there? Absolutely. That's when you start driving your business. That's when you're not just sitting back and waiting for it to come to you. You're out doing something to develop it. Now, my recommendation is that you along the journey, keep good notes. I think Sean was showing uh, a, a group of folks on our call that we had recently some of the notes that he takes every time that we do or have a presentation. He has a journal. He keeps notes. Well, those notes keep him on track. It keeps him focused on, you know, what, what's, what's important and what's not important, but it also gives him a, a point of reference, the ability to go back and to reflect and to see what took place. That's the way that I was able to you know, you know, start, you know, as they say, racking my brain. I was racking my brain to try to understand who I could go out and talk with. Well, if along the way in the journey, you've kept some good notes and you've, you've actually journaled some of the conversations that you've had with some of the folks, it just means that you have probably a better probability. It doesn't mean it's going to be the answer. It doesn't mean that every time it's going to work. It just means that your probability for success has increased drastically. It really does. And, and so, you know, the things I'm sharing with you guys are just stuff that goes on with an entrepreneur that's focused on building a business. You know, I, I, I've made a conscious decision that, you know, and I've already, you know, this is just me. 
we are, we're all different. And I do realize that. And I've had to come a long way to accept that we're all different. <laughs> there was a time in this journey, Sean knows it, you know, when we had our previous company where I was a lot less tolerant, you know, and I had found myself at times, at times, not, not for the most part, but there've been times where my tolerance has been tested for sure. But, but what I realized in the journey is that that's very important. Patience and tolerance is important, but in the journey, there have been times, you know, before where I was a lot less tolerant of, of uh, the fact that people were not as driven necessarily as I was. They didn't have as much desire as I did. They weren't willing to, to work, you know, necessarily as, as what I perceived to be um, as, as much as I was working. And, and, and that's ridiculous. You can't build this type of business with that type of assumption anyway. It just it never works in any type of business. I just am constantly thinking and looking and, and trying to design new ways. So, because my responsibility for, for what I do as a role in the company and what I'm doing for you guys as brand partners and what I'm doing for the investors in our organization and, and, and frankly, for the longevity of, of my own family, for the goals and aspirations that, that, that we have as a family is to get involved in every facet, do everything that I possibly can to drive new business find a way to make sure that we have the logistics in our company solved, solutions, looking at ways to make sure that we're getting the most out of the people that are working with us as, an, as a company, looking at results, not paying attention to, you know, necessarily what we've always tried to do, but look for new ways and, and new possibilities. You know, in this, in this um, product lane of, uh, you know, currently medical-grade CBD, and just focusing in on different compounds and products that are that are we believe would be a good fit to help develop the endocannabinoid system is it has been a new journey. Nutrition almost was second nature to me because I had been involved uh, in my previous journey as a personal trainer in a health club uh, in Southern California, most probably one of the most competitive marketplaces in the world when it comes to uh, different nuances in health and nutrition and just different advances and ways. And so that journey was different for me because almost like second nature, I just kind of had a sense on the pulse of what would be most relevant and really work. Now, advancing into this new space of, of the compounds within the cannabis plant, that's been a bit of a, that's been a research and development side. I've had to spend time. I spent time, uh, you know, last week contacting lots of suppliers in the state of Florida. Well, why? Because every state you have to be able to source the, uh, you know, if you're looking to develop, we have a sister company, physician specific, and if you're looking to advance uh, ways to, you know, garner uh, products for these pain management docs that are having to move them off of opiates and onto maybe a, a Delta-8 or THC. Now, we don't sell uh, anything here above 0.3, and I know that now Texas has advanced to 1%, but yeah, everybody has to realize that these pain management doctors are looking for new advances and new ways to use the uh, different compounds within the cannabis plant to avoid or get their patients off of some of these really addictive and bad drugs. Well, I'll just tell you this, you know, it has a purpose. You know, we don't, we don't get involved in doing that because, you know, we, we understand that, that there's a specific purpose for doctors. We're not in the rec space. We're in a micro dosing space for specific needs that doctors have. So I spent the better part of my week looking at different suppliers, calling, 
asking specific questions, looking for different ways, because I have somebody out there that's a friend of mine that has a source, but I'm not going to just rely on that one source. That's not fair. It's not fair to us as a company. It's not fair to the organization. I've got to, I, my responsibility is to find multitudes of sources, just as it is for us, for Sean and I here in, uh, in, in the, uh, you know, in the Texas market or in California or in or, or Oklahoma. So the more active we can become at sourcing and looking at different ways of making sure we have good supply, then the reality of the vision at the end of the day of, is having adequate supply to these medical doctors for their patients becomes a reality. It's the same thing within CBD. We're looking every day at what it is that kind of gets you guys excited. What are we doing that can advance uh, the needle, if you will, move the needle in your business? Is it, a, is it a new energy drink? Everybody has an opinion, and we always pay attention to the opinions. But at the end of the day, no one's going to pay attention to anything except the results. Everybody has an opinion. I, I was, believe me, I was a distributor. I get the idea. Everybody has their own idea of what will work. I, I appreciate it. But at the end of the day, when everything's said and done, I promise you, no one's going to pay attention to anything except for the results. And those results and the results that are, that are prompting either new growth or new business or lack thereof. And believe me, the first people they're going to, look, going to be looking to is Sean and then myself. Or, then my, or myself and then Sean. It's all the same. So we just know what we have to do. Now, let me ask you a question. You're on the phone here this morning. What is it that you're thinking about to grow your business over the course of the week? Do you have a singular purpose and focus on building and developing new contacts for your business? If you're getting on the phone today and you're telling me you're excited about a meeting that you have next week, I'm excited. But if you're getting on the phone today and you're telling me that you're excited about new opportunities that you want to go out and cultivate and develop today, tomorrow, and, and Wednesday, I'm even more excited. Now I know that your singular focus and what you're looking to accomplish is going to start attracting, you because that's going on inside of your brain, because you're focused on that, I want to encourage you to read the book, Think and Grow Rich. You'd be shocked and amazed at what can happen when you start focusing in, because the mind is neutral, guys. And the energy that you put together and what you choose to think about is in part going to be based upon what you look at and what you listen to every single day. That's going to be a big part of what, uh, of what your, your mind starts thinking about. Now, I will tell you the reason that I get up in the morning and I look at what I have written down in terms of my goals is that starts to become part of my uh, sub, uh, you know, subconscious thought process my reticular activating cortex, my, it's, this is all science, guys. My brain will start paying attention. It's like anybody that wants to buy a new car. Anytime that you've been shopping for a specific car, specific make and model, it's amazing how your mind starts seeing everything out there that's either a different color or the same make and model. It, it's amazing what happens. It just starts to happen like that. Well, if you wake up in the morning and you start reading the very things that are, you have a focus on of what you want to accomplish, you know, the promise of the future is a very powerful force. Don't ever for one second think that that's not a powerful force. They say that the promise of the future is so powerful, just try it with your kids. The, if your kids are looking at the promise of the future and they're excited about that, they will pay the disciplines required to make that become a reality. But I'm here to tell you, 
If they don't see the promise of the future, you'll spend morning, noon, and night trying to get your kids to become disciplined at something that's important to you, but not yet important to them. We are just big kids. And the promise of the future has got to become a very powerful force. We actually have to believe that there is something that's going to happen in a positive light if we start focusing on something. I'm not suggesting, by the way, it's just a function of what goes on in your mind. I'm saying it has to become part of what is your action. Faith without works is dead. It doesn't mean a doggone thing. We can talk all day about what we're going to accomplish, what we're going to accomplish, what we're going to accomplish, but until that moves into an action step, it doesn't make any difference. Thoughts will determine what you want. It's action that's going to determine what you get. So it does begin with your thinking. It does begin with you opening up your mind. It does begin with making sure that you don't put the shackles of the possibilities on yourself, that you open up the realm of possibilities. And then once you've decided what you want, the next step, frankly, guys, is deciding what you're willing to do to go get it. It's really about that simple. Now, I'm here to tell you that most people will not work through the challenges and the disappointments and the hurdles, and they won't, as we refer to it, like the ant philosophy. Have you ever seen an ant? Watch an ant. Jim Rohn used to talk about the ant philosophy. An ant will never stop. They'll, if you try to block them in one direction, they go the other direction, and they keep going. Whether it's rain or shine, they keep going. And what they're doing is they're making sure that they have enough sustenance and food for the winter. And believe me, guys, winters are going to come. They're seasonal. I don't know when the winter is going to come in your life. I've had a few in mine. Some are longer and more harsh than others. So the more that you can cultivate, and when something gets in your way and, and re-diverts your attention, find a different way to accomplish it. Look for a different avenue. Look for a different uh, plan. Look for a different way to go about what you're trying to accomplish. You had a presentation that went terrible. Look for a different way to manage how effective you can become in that presentation. Look, you, you found yourself, uh, you know, kind of getting somebody on the three-way call with maybe the wrong person. Redivert the way that you're analyzing and assessing information and look for a different way. Do not allow yourself to become subject to the doubt and disbelief that it will work. That's not going to happen. I give Olga Chapman a lot of credit. I really do. And the reason I give her credit is I know the emotional experience of bringing people to a meeting over and over and over again. And for whatever reason, it just doesn't happen. Okay? She had people come to a meeting. You know what? PPC looks like where I want to start. And then she can't get them back to the table. Okay? That's not unusual. When we're, you know, it's, it's just part of what can happen. People get excited. They listen. Or we have some people that maybe have come to hear the information. It wasn't the right timing. But you know what she did? She just kept going. She never let a one person or one deal become her opportunity. She never saw it that way, to her credit. As a result of that, she probably has one of the fastest growing organizations in the company. And if she continues to do that same thing, here's, here's the beautiful part of it. It becomes contagious to the people within her group. It doesn't just become contagious to the people within her group. It becomes contagious to other people, maybe sideline or upline. I look at, at Melissa uh, you know, Riley, who Gail has brought on, and, and I've paid attention to Melissa, and she's starting to vibe on the cadence of someone like Olga, who's, who's basically sidelined to her, or down, I actually, 
uh, Olga's front line to Joseph, who's front line to Gail. And Gail has now Melissa, who's starting to vibe off of the beat of what's going on in, in, uh, in the organization underneath Olga. You know, and, and if you look at what Olga's got going on, it speaks for itself. She just brought on a person last month that became PPC, okay? And now she's out looking for a way to create and architect new PPCs in her business, knowing when not to get in the way, when to let the presentation, when to let maybe Sean or myself work with the people in her group. But now she's got another gal this month that's already kind of started that. She's already initiated her PPC order, is going to finish it uh, this week. And now she has yet another person underneath that organization, underneath that person, who now in the event that they come on, I mean, not only will they move that inventory very quickly, I think they'll build a huge network. That's my personal opinion. We don't have a crystal ball. We don't know. But here's the beautiful thing. She's the one that was the catalyst because she didn't stop. And let me just tell you this. If you want to build a huge organization, become that person. Become all in. Put all the chips on the table. If you're going to do it, why not, why not do everything you can to build it as big as you possibly can if you're going to do it? Hey, I'm not saying that this is for everybody. I'm not saying that this mentality is for everybody. I'm not saying the app philosophy is for everybody. Hey, some people just want to chill by the pool. I get it. Nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with shifting into neutral and living life the way that you want to live. I'm not here to tell you that, as I've said earlier, I don't want to impose my, um, you know, my beliefs or the way that I would go about doing something on everybody. I'm just saying that if you want to optimize your opportunity to maximize your success, it's worth a consideration. It definitely, at least consider it. Because if you take on that consideration, here's, here's what I'll end with before I turn the call over uh, to Sean. Here's what I would just tell you guys. In my belief, we're going to all look back in life and we're going to either be excited about what took place or we may be regretful. All right? And, you know, and here's the truth. As Jim Rowe would always say, you know, we all have two things that we're going to pay the price of. There's always the price of discipline and there's the price of regret. The price of discipline weighs ounces. The price of regret weighs tons. And my strong advice to you is now that you're spending the time on this call on a Monday morning and you're looking out at your week, just give it what you got. It's like my son yesterday when I had him out here shooting. I said, Cameron, He's, you know, he, he starts hitting, he's hitting, hitting, and everything's, oh, we're all having a good time. It's like when you're making money, everything's funny. Oh, wow, well, this is so good. But as soon as he stops hitting his shots and he has to work through it and get his timing back and get his rhythm back, then he became a little bit pooch mouth and dropped his head a little bit. And I said, hey, dude, let me tell you something. It's right now that what you're doing to, re, to reinvent and get back to where you were when we started off our shooting. I know you got tired. I know it was hot. I said, right now, right now is when you got to regroup and you got to bring yourself back to center and you got to go out and you got to start hitting again. If you can teach yourself to do that right now while you're shooting in life, you're going to kick some butt and take some names. It's not a, I'm not trying to help you become an NBA basketball player. If that happens, that's God's blessing. I don't, that's not the point. The point is how you approach life, what you do. And so guys, I know this. What we're doing is not for everybody. And I don't think it's the easiest thing in the world to do until you know how to do it. Once you know how to do it, it's the easiest thing you've ever done. Once you've, done, once you've paid the price, you, you understand the disciplines, and you've had enough repetition, it's, not, it's just second nature. I had a, uh, my, my nephew that came to a meeting that we did in Belton, and his, you know, his big takeaway is, man, I don't know. He says, what you and Sean do, that's, um, 
that's kind of a, that's a, that's a craft that you hone and you develop over time. I said, exactly. But anything that you do that's worth doing is, is just from repetition. It's all the same, whatever you do. It doesn't matter. Maybe speaking in front of people is not necessarily your thing, but whatever you do, at least give it everything that you've got so that you know that you left it all in the field. That's what I would just end this and my portion of the segment of this call with. Just leave it all in the field. And then you can look back with no regret and you can say, man, I did everything I could. I didn't stop. I kept going. And I paid attention to my goals, to my aspirations. I don't know if this is true, but I wouldn't be surprised if Olga Chapman has her goals written down and she's paying attention to what she wants to accomplish. It wouldn't surprise me. That may not be the case. Maybe it's not every day. But wonder what would happen if we all started just in, incorporating some of those principles and beliefs that are out there for all of us to see and read and pay attention to. So with that, guys, um, you know, I, I tell you, for me, it's an, always an honor and a privilege to be able to come and share this information with you guys. But look, I want to bring on my partner, Sean Baker. You know, he's, uh, you know, one of, the, one of the real values that I have, um, you know, in, in my role of, of building this and developing this business is to be able to watch him in action and to be able to see the time and energy that he's, that he spent in his own walk in personal development and to see the, uh, the fruit of that. So with that, brother, I'm going to turn it over to you. Thank you for all you do. I'm going to sit back and take some notes. Go ahead. Awesome. Thanks, Barry. Great job this morning, man. Have you taken me down memory lane? Because I, I, uh, I, you know, I had to sit back and listen to Barry as I was, as I was taking notes in my little notebook because it does keep me on track and I like to be able to reflect back later. And it's funny because, you know, you started off and you were talking about the difference between qualifying and effective. And, man, you make a great point that, that we're really not talking about that enough. And, and I'll tell you why, guys. I'm going to give you the punchline of the joke, if you will, without telling you the whole joke on this call this morning. But I, I remember a time I was, I was prospecting. Well, matter of fact, let me, let me just start with me. I'll make it even before me. So John Holt, my buddy, had been prospecting me, sampled me incorrectly. You guys know, many of you, if not all of you, know that story. He gave me some samples, but he didn't watch me take them. You know, he didn't commit, make me commit to taking them even. He just gave them to me. He said, try these out. Why don't you come to this meeting next Thursday and, and you know, use these samples and check out this business opportunity. Now, I, I got to say, to, to John's detriment, he was cocky about it. He didn't explain the products to me. And I'm not talking about being a doctor, guys. There's, there's a... What Barry really has done a great job talking about today is knowing your role, whatever that is, knowing your role, exercising the attributes and the muscles to achieve your role, like what, like what you're, you're here to do, if you will, and then, and then utilizing the resources and the tools and the team of people and, and collateral materials and products around you to make uh, you know, the overall system work. But you do have a specific role within your own infrastructure, within our infrastructure, your infrastructure within our infrastructure still has a very, very important role. And so when John sampled me, just giving me the product, very much assuming that I would take them, assuming that because we were friends, you know, I would just, you know, open my mouth and drink this stuff and eat this stuff and not even know what was in it. So that was an assumption on his part, a bad one, actually. But, but ultimately, he did give me samples. He did invite me to a meeting several times to which I couldn't make it. But then the smartest thing he ever did, because he let me know enough to know that this was network or multi-level marketing. And I knew enough about the industry to know, well, that means that John's going to earn on me and I'm going to earn on other people. Like, that's really all I understood in 2002 from a very high level was John's going to earn on me and I'm going to earn on my folks. 
Well, one of my biggest potential prospects was my former regional vice president, Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Some of you know this story. But he was probably 37, 38 years old when Enterprise basically said, hey, we're going a different direction. And, and even though you've been with the company 20-some-odd years, you know, he literally started when he was 18 and, and right out of college, or I mean, right out of high school. Uh, and he worked there for X amount of years, and they essentially told him he was going to retire. And so he found himself not yet 40 years old, you know, a, a couple of million dollars in the bank and a multi-million dollar lifestyle. And now all of a sudden, overnight, no income, no prospects of a career. A lot easier to get a job in your 20s and 30s than in your 40s. I mean, we all know, all, all of us on the call over 40 years old know that's a fact. And so he found himself in a position where he really needed an opportunity. Well, the truth is, guys, I was dragging my feet. I wasn't that hungry for an opportunity. I was desperate for an opportunity. But there's a difference in being desperate, desperately wanting to lose weight so you try a crash diet versus being committed to losing weight and trying something that's really going to work for you, right? So I was, I was hungry, but I was desperate. I wasn't strategic or methodical. I wasn't really prepared to change my situation. I was just grasping at straws. So the smart thing that John did, John Holt, was he went around me and he said, look, I came to you first because I had a better relationship with John Lansbaum, guys. That's the bottom line. I was the conduit, but I was dragging my feet. And when John Holt went around me and was trying to reach out to John Lansbaum, I panicked. I thought, oh, God, this is going to happen. John Lansbaum's going to get involved without me, and I'm going to miss out. Very often talks about it, and he tries to be very politically correct about it. He tries to be very professional about it. You know, so, so I'm going to say it a little more bluntly. But he often says, you know, he won't call it greed. He'll call it desire to gain. Well, I, in my case, I'll call it greed. I panicked. I realized I was about to miss the boat, and, and I wasn't going to let that happen. I, I greedily, I, I decided, no way, man. I'm, I'm going to put a stop to this. So I went to the meeting. I then brought John to the meeting. John decided to get involved. Well, what do you think that did for me? The comp plan that Barry had presented to me in concept. Now, it wasn't Barry. Barry did a great job presenting the information, laying out the first, second, and third company, laying out the difference between qualifying effective. I saw it, but I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. I saw it with my eyes. I didn't grasp it until... I had a prospect that was looking at getting involved, and I'm like, well, wait a minute. John's probably going to start between national marketing director and PPC. I need to see the comp plan all over again. I don't get it. So I understood very quickly as something big was about to happen how much I had seen it but not learned it. So I kind of panicked again. I went to Barry. And I said, Barry, I think John Lansbaum's going to start you know, an NMD or PPC. I don't really know what that means. What should I do? And so because Barry is who Barry is, he sat me down at his office. I remember it was over off of Bingle and Kempwood very patiently. He took a, I don't know, a, a half a dozen to a dozen sheets of notebook paper or a printer paper off of his printer, and he grabbed one of his favorite uh, Expo markers, and he sat me down very patiently, and he walked me through, not a presentation in the comp plan, which I'd already seen at this point probably two or three times, but he walked me through on a piece of paper. Sean, here's manager. This is what manager is. And here's executive. Here's what executive is. And he educated me on the differences between the production bonuses, between the residual income, 
the geometric progression, the first, second company, third company opportunity. And Barry helped me reach a conclusion on my own, guys. I don't want you to think he, you know, pulled the wool over my eyes and we're still friends 20 years later. He helped me reach a decision on my own to realize that the best place for me to start would have been PPC. Well, I didn't have PPC money. That wasn't Barry Koshu's fault. It wasn't even really 26-year-old Sean's fault. There are a lot of 26-year-olds I know that, that they can't rub two nickels together, right? So that he helped me see that the best place for me to start and to sponsor John Landsbaum would have been into my third company. But I didn't have that opportunity. So we started walking back. He said, okay, well, let's look at, let's look at national marketing director. And I've said this on other calls, but I'll be transparent with all of you on this call. I didn't have national marketing director money either. What I had was I had national marketing director money on shared volume. Now, mind you, back then, national marketing director was 60000 PPC was 120000 But I didn't have 60000 or 48000 in hard money. So Barry let me in on a shared volume opportunity for national marketing director at $30,000, and I put $24,000 at 26 years old on a Discover credit card. Now, do you think I did that because Barry's a snake oil salesman? Do you think I did that because I was making an impetuous decision with a wife at home who didn't work and two kids in private school? Now, I gotta, for all the ladies out there, I got to say, my wife was a stay-at-home. She was a great stay-at-home. She was wonderful with the kids. But as it relates to an income-generating participant, all of that burden was on my shoulders. So you think I went out and essentially spent our life savings because Barry put me under the magic dust in the ether and I just drank the Kool-Aid and thought, man, we're going to be rich? No, he walked me through a strategy. He walked me through a conceptual business plan. He helped me see that there were people like John Lansbaum, who did ultimately get involved, by the way, and he did get involved at National Marketing Director. But beyond John, that was one person that I was hyper-focused on. Do you know that John went out and barely, barely recovered his cost of doing business before he went on to something else? My golden goose, my thoroughbred, I thought the guy that was going to get involved and make me rich did nothing. I mean, virtually nothing. He got involved at, at $30,000, and he moved maybe $32,000. I mean, he might have made one or two couple of thousand dollar commission checks. And, of course, I made sure we went to work together and we moved all of his inventory and recovered all of his capital. But he never really did anything with the business. Do you know that he introduced me, though, to a guy named Michael Keating? And Michael and I went on to become not only – very successful business partners. Michael went out and did well over $2.5 million in volume. Michael and I became very good friends. I've been to the baptism of two of his four children. Two of our older children went to college together. Michael and I have traveled to Utah and to Colorado on guys, you know, you know uh, guys' golf trips, uh, stayed in the same bunkhouse. I mean, we became very good friends. And before I met Michael through John Landsbaum, do a little industry called network marketing, we never would have known each other. So my golden goose never really did anything with the business. This guy that he introduced me to, who I was pretty reluctant, to be honest, I tell you that story another time, but I was pretty reluctant to sponsor Michael into the business. He went out and became the reason that I got motivated and inspired to lose weight, to begin exercising, because Michael was a personal trainer. Michael was deeply into fitness. And so when we would play golf, and he would eat a protein bar, and I would eat two hot dogs. 
he would just talk to me lovingly and coachingly. So I was coaching him on how to be more professional and integrate wellness and supplements and now, you know, things like CBD into his client base. And he was kind of on the cuff being, befriending me and coaching me on my own personal wellness. It was a very symbiotic relationship. And he went on, Michael went on, and I give him all the credit. This is not about Sean at all, but I won the BMW. Michael won the BMW. I won the trip to, uh, I forget, uh, I think it was the Grand Cayman. Michael won the trip to Grand Cayman. My buddy Tag Philly, Dr. Tag Philly, you guys hear me talk about. Same thing. Grand Cayman, Atlantis Resort, driving the BMW. I did it first, and then they did it because I did it. And because they did it, then I went out and did it again. I mean, you see the, you see the, the rationale, you see the mojo that starts to happen. To be completely honest with you, the only reason I even earned a second BMW, which I didn't need, but I earned it because they were pushing me. They were inspiring me. They were motivating me to be better for them. Like, like when your kids are watching you, you know, you, you clean up a little tidier, right? If you're cleaning the kitchen and your daughter or your son is helping you with the dishes, I promise you, this is me anyway, I do a better job when my kid is standing right next to me saying, teach me how to do that. Because all of a sudden, I'm keenly aware of doing it the right way, crossing the T's, dotting the I's. So if Olga were to call me, right, just out of the blue, just, just make an example, because I couldn't be more proud of Olga and Gail and Sarah and Rosa. I mean, these guys filling rooms and little towns like Belton, Texas, with quality people, very engaged. I mean, I just go on and on. But if Sarah called or Gail called or Olga called and said, hey, I've seen the comp plan 25 times. I've even seen it so much that I, I don't want to attend the Saturday call, but I got paid and I don't understand it. Will you walk me through it? Absolutely. I mean, I love to walk people through. Now I would say, hey, now take this information I shared with you today and make it something you can teach people on this coming Saturday's call, right? Like, like let's learn so we can teach. But if Gail or Olga called me and said, hey, I got a paycheck. Can you walk me through who did I get paid on? Why did I get paid what I got paid? I want to understand. I come alive, guys. I come alive presenting the comp plan and concept. But when it's real dollars, I mean, my skin tingles. I get so excited. And I'm not going to put anybody else's business out on the table. But, I mean, Olga has made more, I think. I'd have to look at the numbers. But if, if, if Barry's statistics are true, which I know they are, because you can go to irs.gov, and it says that 56% of the tax-paying U.S. population makes $26,000 per year or less, I think, and I don't want to put Olga's business out there, and I have not looked at the numbers, but going off of mental spitball math, I think that Olga has made more money with WBRX as her side business, her side hustle, than 56% of the population makes at a full-time job on an annual basis. Guys, if you don't think that's life-changing for somebody, I'm not saying it's life-changing for Olga. I won't put words in her mouth. Maybe it is life-changing for Olga. Maybe that's paying off debt. Or maybe she's already debt-free and that's going to college. Or maybe her kid's getting a full-ride scholarship and that's just vacation money. All of those things would be life-changing to me. To pay off all your debt and be debt-free, trust me, I've been in debt and I've been out of debt. Being out of debt is life-changing. I've put two kids through college on cash, life-changing. I've, I've taken trips that were guilt-free 
you know, paid for them in advance, took the time off, knew my stuff was handled, went and relaxed for days at a time, life-changing. So no matter how you invest the money or spend the money or start a charity with the money, that's your business. We get inspired and motivated helping you accomplish whatever those goals are. <clears throat> and I would just tell you guys, there is story after story after story. You know, Barry and I had the privilege of, of launching different countries together, experiencing the Spanish and Latin communities and cultures. Guys, those are third world, second and third world countries. I mean, many of them, we talked to a guy just a month ago, Joseph Trahan, and I had a lunch with a guy who, who owns a company and does a bunch of stuff via Zoom, but he hires folks in Colombia and Venezuela. And I'm talking doctors. He pays doctors, MDs, in their own country, in their respective country, 20 to $50 a month. And I don't know if Joseph is on the call, Barry, if you can tell that and you want to unmute his line and he can share for a moment or not, whatever time permits for. But Joseph and I went this lunch. And this gentleman that owns this company and is paying doctors 20 to $50 a month to do online transcription work and online review work so that their families don't eat out of the trash can. And this man starts crying at a five-star, you know, restaurant down in River Oaks, probably, a, I don't know, probably a $300 lunch tab that he picked up. And he's crying at the, at the lunch table because $50 a month to these families in Venezuela and Guatemala and, and, and El Salvador keep them from eating out of the trash can. I mean, Guys, make a make million dollars over here and start a charity for that. I mean, do whatever you want with it. But these dollars are already potentially life-changing, and they only get bigger. They only get better. And so the opportunity for Barry and I is very, very serious. You know, that's why Barry said, and again, I was paying very close attention to today, and Barry said, you know, I get excited, and I hope you heard it. He said, if you're talking to me about an appointment you have next week, we're excited for you. But, guys, you have to realize that tells us a little bit about your temperature, too. Because what are you going to do between now, Monday, you know, July 26th, and next Wednesday, August, whatever that is, the 3rd? That tells us that you're not working the business daily. That tells us that you not have activity daily. And that's okay. You're an independent marketing distributor. But, but guys, just for your own self, it's not about Barry and I calling you out. It's not. But for those of you that are starting to have conversations about, oh, I want this to blow up. I want this to be big. I want to quit my job. I want to do this full time. Listen, please, guys, listen. 921, Monday, July 26th, listen to me. We want that for you. Our business will change. The face of our business, the posture, the cadence will change radically when we have two or three full-time business builders. Hear me. The face of our business, the trajectory of our business, will radically change for the better when we have two or three or four full-time business builders. But, guys, I have to be completely candid out of love, out of love and out of respect for you. Full-time people have appointments every day. They don't have appointments next Wednesday or not this Saturday, but next Saturday, they have appointments every day. Because, guys, sadly, until, you, until the residual income aspect of this business starts to take off for you, in which case is a very, very happy day. When this business and when this, when this residual income engine takes off and you're living 
off of those dollars, it is life-changing. To open, to open your eyes in the morning and hop on your phone or hop on your computer and see that you made five, six, seven, ten thousand dollars $10,000 yesterday in residual income, guys, there's no feeling separate and apart from maybe your wedding or childbirth that, that, that parallels opening your phone and making $5,000 yesterday on effort that you did five years ago. It is a life-changing experience. But, guys, the, the, the hard, the truth of it is that only happens if you commit the time up front. I, and, I, and I'm telling you this, this is not me talking at you, okay? It's me talking with you. I was that guy. I would have these spurts. I would be busy seven days a week for four straight weeks. I would just wear myself out, and I would make forty or 45 or close to $50,000 in a single month. And then I would experience a little burnout. I'd need to take a little time. I'd put things on autopilot. And because this is a kill-what-you-eat business in the beginning, I'm sorry, eat-what-you-kill, I said that backwards. This is an eat-what-you-kill business in the beginning. I wasn't farming. I wasn't cultivating yet. Then, I, then my income would drop. And so once I understood, okay, I need to go prospect someone today and tomorrow. That's where Barry taught me to do a day 10 and play, guys. I have to talk to two people today and then again tomorrow, and then again Wednesday. And by Friday, I've talked to 10 people, and those 10 people are now in play. But next Monday, guess what? I've got to talk to two more because at that point, two people, if I'm doing it right, by next Monday, hey, guys, listen, this is important. If I talk to two people Monday, July 26th, by the time I talk to two people next Monday, that's by person number 11 and number 12, Person number one and two are at a different phase than 11 and 12. Person number one and two should have already been on the product. They should have already been on a three-way call. And whether they've been on a Thursday or Tuesday, Thursday, or Saturday yet, they should be scheduled, okay? As to where next Monday, my person 11 and 12 are just now getting sampled. Does that make sense? So if you were to attach names to person number one, person number two, person number three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, and person number 11 and 12 are at the same phase, brand new, as person 1, 2, 3, or 4 that you talked to a week ago, guys, that's a breakdown in the system right there. That might help you. This might be an epiphany to somebody right here. Sarah, I'm going to pick on Sarah because I love her to pieces and I know she can handle it. Sarah had people at an event in Belton, great venue, great food, a little bit of AV hiccups that's not on her, not on, not on Sarah, that's on me, it's on Barry, that's on the building, it's whatever, but, I mean, a little bit of A-B hiccups. Otherwise, guys, the, the event was beautiful, fantastic. Well, those people are now, they should have been sampled. They've seen a presentation. They should be getting scheduled for a compensation, either Zoom call or one-on-one. -on -one. They should not be in the same phase as the people that Sarah or Rosa talked to today. Does that make sense? Those people are now at phase two or phase three, or Barry did a great job using the white, the blue, and the red, right? So those people are now gone, gone from the white, now they're in the blue. But you need new white. And the blues have to go to the red, and the whites have to go to the blue, and then you still need new whites. You always need to be introducing people to the top of your funnel and pushing them through the funnel. Don't let them stagnate. Don't let them clog up your funnel. For God's sakes, don't let them think they're your only prospect or your only opportunity because I believe you me, when your prospect thinks they're your opportunity, 
and not that, that you're their opportunity, guys, I got to tell you, things get real twisted for them and real twisted for you, and things get sideways real fast. Now, I have to, I have to take a quick moment, and I'm going to kick it back over to Barry. But Michael Vandiver learned a lesson this week, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call Michael out on the call because of who, of who Michael is. He's a, God, he's a godly man. He's a, he's a, he's a hardworking man. He, he's a diligent, want to do right by his family, man. And, and we're here to help him in any possible way we can. But Michael had a doctor that was interested in meeting. We've met with her actually a few times now, several times, through COVID, through some other challenges. But, but Michael arranged a meeting at the practice. Very, very graciously agreed to come up, somewhat reluctantly, if I'm being honest. And let me tell you why, guys. Not because of Barry, but because of Barry's 30 years experience, my 20 years experience. Guys, combined, that's 50 years of experience. And neither Barry or I, who are pretty decent on our feet, we're pretty good communicators, neither of us have ever had any level of success going to a doctor's office. It's just too distracting. There's patients. There's staff, there's paperwork, there's phone calls. It's just tough. So anyway, we kind of broke our own rule. Barry agreed to go to the appointment, and about halfway there, Barry got stood up. But you know what? Michael dug his feet in. He took the opportunity away from this pain management doctor and said, look, doc, this is the CEO of the company getting up at 6 o'clock in the morning, driving all the way across town. You stand him up. Clearly, this is not the right opportunity for you, so we're going to take it away. Well, now the guy's coming to the office, I believe it's next week, to meet with Barry at 8 o'clock or 8.30 in the morning. Maybe it's this week even. He's coming up bright and early, driving all the way from the Woodlands to Memorial City because Michael took the opportunity away from him. And now the guy's like, whoa, 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 I need to get more information. Now, I don't know what happens. Maybe the guy gets involved at manager. Maybe the guy gets involved at PPC. Maybe he doesn't get involved at all. Or maybe he's the next. $10 million line for the company. I have no idea. But Michael's diligence, his faith, Barry's willingness to stay involved and to coach and to, and to be flexible, all of these things work together for good, for the greater good of the organization and for all of us involved. And so those are just the things that are required to, to make this business successful. So you've got to get your mind right. You've got to keep your mind right. And you do have to listen to those around you that are having success in the business, both historically and real time. Okay, guys, not somebody that sponsored a PPC one time, once, six months ago, but the people that are doing it on a daily and weekly basis. So with that very great call today, thank you for teeing it up, man. I was able to totally piggyback off of you with all of the things that you inspired me to share today. So thank you. Hopefully it means something to somebody. And I know, I know we're going to have a great week and a phenomenal August. So with that, I'll kick it back to you. Thank you so much. <clears throat> great, John. A great uh, job, Sean. As always, I, uh, I listen. I always, uh, I just sit back and listen to the information. I and you know talk about memory lane and all those things that took place about uh, 20 years ago and how relevant they are today. You know, as I look at at the parallels between what we've got going on in the organization right now uh, as we speak, it's uh, it really it does remind me of some of the things that are, that are going on right now. So I'm excited, man, about, uh, about everything uh, that's going on, guys. You know, we're, we have our Zoom calls on uh, Tuesday and Thursday at 5 o'clock. We, we put them together that way because most of you believe that later in the day was a better time as people were kind of headed home and, 
And, and here's what I want to encourage you to do. You know, I know that we're all busy. We've got a lot of things going on. But for your new people that you're trying to prospect and, li- and, and just share the good news with, bring them to those Zoom calls. That's what they're designed for. They're not – I mean, yes, if we don't have a new person, of course we can move it to a business development call. But by design, guys, it's a call for new people – to hear about the results and the good news about the results people have had with the product and or the business opportunity because ultimately that's what moves the needle faster than anything. I was just having a, had a great conversation over the weekend uh, with a gentleman who uh, you know, is looking to enroll, um, probably paste a, a PPC order here pretty quick. And uh, he said, he was telling me, you know, because I'm not going to, I'm not going to convey my experience. I can tell him what I've seen work, but what he was telling me is that he has an understanding of what goes on in his clubs. And he has an idea of the type of videos that he'd like for us to craft with our doctors. So I'm going to pay attention to what he's thinking. I'm going to pay attention to what he knows will work for his facility. And, And I'm going to cultivate and craft and customize a plan of action based upon his experience and his knowledge because those are his clubs and he knows what works. So we have to be careful that we don't try to interject our own experiences. And I have a, you know, a pretty good, uh, I have a pretty good understanding and experience, but it isn't as good as his when it comes to his club and his people. So we all have to be careful that as we're building our business, that we don't get too involved with our own experience. We pay attention to what's important to the people that we're bringing on and how we can best serve them. And listen, we're all in this together. We all want to know what we can do to help move the needle and have good resource and make things work. But at the end of the day, it's always about that single word that we always refer to, it's results. It's all about results, guys. So with that said, have a phenomenal day. Uh, thank you for spending the time on this call. We love you. We lift you up every day. I lift every one of you up in prayer, helping that we can, uh, you know, that together, you know, we can do some amazing things to build an organization that we can all be proud of and, uh, and be, you know, have a level of integrity and respect for those that we come in contact with and, and just be of a, of good rapport and good reputation. So with that guys, have a phenomenal day. We love you very much. and We'll talk to you very soon. Bye-bye.